Welcome back to uh, our uh, favorites episode that got turned into a two-parter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this uh, extended version of of what we of ourselves <laughs> of us being selfish and talking about ourselves. It's a good time. Enjoy it. It is a good time, a good time. and I think that you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, enjoy this episode. Next question. Hmm. Since we're on the topic of Star Wars, favorite thing about the cameraman? What? That has nothing to do with Star Wars. I'm just, I was just acknowledging we're on the topic of Star There's Wars. There's space between. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh man. No. It got him. I feel like after that we should just skip this question. <laughs> favorite thing about the cameraman? Uh. He uh. Has skills that I can manipulate. And use. I feel like you worded that very poorly. Really? Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what else am I supposed to say here? I mean, it's you. It has, but that's my favorite thing. I'm not talking about am I going to be polite to him. Mm-hmm. It's what's my. This is all about me. My it's about me, thing about him. About the cameraman is his dependability and his sacrifice, so that we can have these cool videos that we can manipulate every single week. I feel like. I feel like you word that really poorly. This is about me, about him. Devin, you're just trying to hide the fact that I'm chained to this chair, okay? Like, seriously. <laughs> Turn the camera yeah, around. Yeah, so really, really you're a liar. Well, I'm I... telling the truth here and saying what I think, and you're trying to hide the fact that we have him duct taped to a chair. Yeah, duct taped and chained. I feel like that's... Duct chained. Duct chained. With real ducks. I feel like that's an inefficient and way And you can't prove us wrong. To... Anyway, to he legitimately... Can, can you let me actually answer the question? You're a, why did you like let... You why did you... No, question. why did you let me do that? What a horrible guy. I'm also the cameraman for the podcast. The, ca- the, the camera. The cameraman is very dependable. He's very... Yeah, he has full coverage all the time. I never have to worry about him having limited coverage at all it's always full coverage it's glorious um i never feel uncomfortable it's wonderful um and yeah he does it for free currently mm-hmm. uh he does it because free he loves trial. it and oh. it's free trial uh wait wait really uh, you yeah oh. we're gonna charge you later you gave us your credit card information yeah with the bowl you'll charge me oh my gosh i don't understand <laughs> I, I get it it doesn't make it better while you're writing it uh, You'll charge me on a bull, and I'll say Toro Toro with a red cape or something. On a bowl? B- bull. Oh. Like oh. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Like, I thought I kept saying bowl. I was like, I am with not making that connection. With a side of soup. Okay, you know what? Like, okay, fine. Now I like him less. <laughs> he likes um. It. Okay. Next. Less. Next question. Favorite child actor that was a one-hit wonder fell into depression and staged an epic comeback. It's a very specific question. It's almost like I wrote it because I thought it would be like a good question that needs to be answered. I feel by like us. That's an overly specific question. No, it's not. This is where we're talking about Devin's past. Daniel oh. Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. I have no idea if he fell into depression. I just know he was a child star, and then he was in Now You See Me. That's it. And I didn't see him before then. So. I didn't see him then. <laughs> now you see me. Nah, now you, he was he was basically making a statement saying, "Now you see me." The sequel. Now you know. Anyway, what's Sorry, what's yours? Bad. Robert Downey Jr. 
kid actor, went through a bunch of terrible stuff, overcame that stuff, became Iron Man. Perfect fit for the role. The end. You're so superficial. <laughs> your answer didn't even fit the qualifications yes, of your did. question. My answer is Macaulay Sir. Culkin, but... Macaulay Culkin? Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin Culkin? Does he have Macaulay? Probably. I feel like... If he doesn't, why are we... Living. Anyway, okay, this one... More... More Star Wars. This one's good. Yeah, more Star Wars. Devin, read it off. Uh, Favorite Star Wars The Clone Wars episode. I'm gonna take it before you do. Go ahead. Uh, My favorite one is the... That's gonna sound weird. I don't remember the exact word. Is it Umbra? Umbara? Umbara. I was close. With Not Krell? Yes. With Umbara. really? Yes. My favorite Clone Wars episode saga is the Umbara arc. Okay, but which but which with Krell? Which episode? Uh the episode where the clones turn on him and he fights them with two double-bladed lightsabers. I like it because the main episode the main character is Rex. It's about him. Yes. And I mean it's the Clone Wars. So like obviously Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are the main focus. We'll get an episode about Rex, who is, mm-hmm. I would say, a main character throughout the show. I feel like he fits the qualifications of that. But it's just mm-hmm. him. It's him and a bunch of clones taking on a corrupt Jedi. And that is basically what the Clone Wars mm-hmm. ended up being. Right. So, super neat. Really well done. Um, a lot of good twists. And we get an evil Jedi, not a Sith, but a Jedi who's fallen, with two double-bladed lightsabers fighting an army of clones. Yeah, that, that was pretty epic. That's the show at its highest, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, currently, uh, we're still on season seven. Yes. Uh, it has the other two episodes haven't come out yet. So um, there is still room. There's still yes. to change that. And currently, Wouldn't they, like leave or something. I haven't seen. Them probably. Oh, um, that's on you. Well, I'm sorry. I will. I will. Uh, <laughs> he's going to leave. I'm Canadian. He's... Whenever I get apologetic. Oh, yeah. That was more of like an Irish, but whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, this, is, this is not soundproof. Where am I going? Go, uh, just, just, uh, plug your ears. Are we talking about the US? No. What? Why are you leaving? I, I thought he was going to say something new. My favorite, my favorite episode is whenever Ahsoka leaves. Only because I love Ahsoka. So I'm not, I'm not saying that because I wanted her to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that because that was, I literally, I said, I, I'm saying that because I literally cried whenever that happened. Really? It was it was so like crushing because I was like, this is what sets off Anakin. Like, he's going to always hold this against the council. Yeah. Always. Um so that that was just I mean, because you don't you don't see her until season seven. Mm-hmm. And so then it's just like it almost didn't feel like the same show. Yeah. And but I love how they did it. I love that whole arc. Mm-hmm. I liked how um in the end she chose to go on her own path and kind of deal with what was going on. Um, yeah, I was going to, like, I had debated on bringing up, uh, the second part two of the Mandalore siege, um, and the final parts of season seven, the mm-hmm. final parts of the show. But again, um, we're still in the middle of it. So I want to see how it plays out first. Yeah. So I'll probably update it because Definitely. part two, so good. Absolutely at this point, phenomenal. it's at this point, I would say that's my favorite one, but I want to see how it ends. Mm-hmm. First, before I say, okay, definitely this one. So I'm going with the one that yeah. gave me the most emotion. 
Uh, Close follow-up is the Mortis episodes. The Mor- Oh, yeah. Really good. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch it. And arguably, in my opinion, and we don't have to go into this, but it explains how the balance of the Force works really, really well. And yeah. it's kind of confusing if you don't know like what's happening. Even though, because mm-hmm. the first time you watch it, you have no idea what's happening. <laughs> it's really Because good it's like a giant diamond, a rhombus, <laughs> and you're just like, okay, big rhombus. Force is on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but we don't have to go into that. We may talk about it at some point later in the future, far future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are really good. I think um, Star Wars just has it down to where like they're like, okay, how do we kickstart a new series? Just a baby form of an already well-known character. Like originally started the Clone Wars, it was... It was Baby Jabba. Oh! Right, right. So, I mean... Isn't the plot the same? <laughs> yes. Just kidding. It's, it's like, not, protect them. It's both, not the both Star Wars shows yeah. started yeah. with saving a baby species. Well, because and then I mean, that there's one only bad two. One, that one bad one, didn't yes. Both Star Wars right, shows. Both, yeah. both Star right. Wars shows. All two of them. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about this one. Yeah. Uh, this question is, what is our favorite Disney princess? Princess Leia. You you went first last time. That's fair. Princess Leia. She's a Disney princess. I feel like that Back counts. off. That counts. You need to, it does. Whoever, whoever is the one saying, no, she's not, she is. Read the contract. <laughs> Read the document Disney used to purchase Lucasfilm. I feel like Shuri from Black Panther counts as a disney princess i feel like she fits the qualifications i'm not gonna go with that i'm going to, to point that out i'm going to legitimately give an answer to for people for those people princess leia is by far my favorite but second close second in case you don't have a brain is mulan obviously mulan is yeah yes she's legitimately like not just because she's like the most like, it's it's okay for a guy. <laughs> Usually it's okay if you're like, say, Milan, because you're like, okay, fine. But legitimately, she does something honorable. She fights for her family, fights for her dad, fights for her country. She's an objectively good character. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So that's... <clears throat> right. Yeah. So uh, that's mine. So what are, what's yours? I'm going to go with Mulan as well. Yeah. Because no one said I couldn't. No. <laughs> it, this is fine. Okay. I, don't, I don't have that much of an opinion so on this. first. That's true, actually. Be the first. It's true. I might legitimately change my answer. Why? Because I've seen that show. That's a legitimately great kid show. What? As someone with a bunch of younger siblings. Younger sisters. Younger sisters, yes. That's a, that's a good I guess that's quality not... children's programming. Who and she podcast about fits. <laughs> no, she fits a majority of the qualifications what? we set for Mulan. She just as good. I've never seen it, so I wouldn't know. But that's well, just—I did not think. Okay, admittedly, you are blessed. But <laughs> then, why are you saying that? Because it's a high-quality show for for kids, for, for kids, for children. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, well, like in fine. that sense, I'm not just going to sit down in an afternoon and watch it. But for what it's okay. worth, it's I mean, legitimately good for the age range it's intended for. Mulan is good for everyone, so take that, take what you will. Yeah, I haven't seen the new one, because I think it got delayed. Yeah, no one's seen the new one. So, I I know some people don't like it, only because there's no music in it, rumoredly. I'll have to see it before I make a call. That's, that's my call. What? I have to see it before you make a call?
call? Yes. Okay. That's my opinion. It's fair. If I see it and it's a good movie, I like it. That's, That's the only how it works for all movies. Fair Regardless enough. of preconceived notions about said movie. Moving on. This question is what is our favorite Mario Party game? And I know that my answer is not the most popular, but for me, it is Mario Party 7. Mario 7, GameCube? Yes. Okay. Mario Party 7 for the GameCube. In my opinion, the best of the game of the uh, GameCube Mario Parties, there's like four of them. Yeah, because... There's a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're all fairly similar, but I feel like 7 was when, strangely enough, 7, the last one, was when they had it polished the most. Like, it didn't lose any of its charm as it went on. It just kept getting better over the GameCube era. Like, 4 was fine, but then it just improved upon itself. And I feel like 7, the last one that they did, was kind of the pinnacle of that. It's also the one that I grew up with. Um, I still remember the mic that they had for certain mini-games. Mm -hmm. They had, like, a mic accessory that was just, like, a tiny mic that then had a long cord, super long cord, that you plugged in to, like, one of the controller ports. And you could use it to, like, say things or, like, make noise or blow air for different mini-games. They tied it in super neat. Huh. And, and then we just ditched it. Yes, hmm. actually. Because we was like, oh, you know, we have the Wii Remote. That's good Motion enough. capture. Right. But 7, right. it had the mic. I, so many fond memories of that as a kid. I think 7's the best one, mm -hmm. even though I know there are other great ones. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say 8. I really? Grew up, I grew up playing 8. I was expecting 2. Yeah. Oh, that's a close... That, that was two, close. Two because is objectively the best because one. It is... It <laughs> objectively. Is, that's, I know. Not yeah, that's, what, that's my point. It's like, okay. with, with 8, I grew up playing that one. Okay. And so, personally, yeah. that's the one I played. Mm -hmm. um, that's fair. And But I'd always want to play Mario Party 2 whenever mm -hmm. I was... You know, I'd go over to other people's houses and they'd have it. And that's all I wanted to play. Okay. Because it's so good. Mm -hmm. But... I, whenever I go back to Mario Party 8, I'm like, this, this is just so fun. Even mm. if, you know, okay. it's not, like, the greatest, if we're talking about objectively, mm -hmm. but it, it is really, really fun, it's and I enjoy all the minigames. For, for Mario Party 2, okay, just saying, it's amazing. Like, the menu yes. is, oh, man. Now it's stuck in my head. Yep. Yeah? With the code going, oh, oh. <laughs> whatever it's doing. That's just part of the soundtrack, right? Yeah. <laughs> this point yeah there's a cd out there of the mario party 2 soundtrack i want it to just have toad randomly talking over the songs for no reason then it'll feel like i'm playing the game exactly yeah that was thank you i appreciate it my pleasure we're going to move on to the next question which is what is your favorite mario game super favorite mario Ooh, that's fair yes. such such a good story i mean it's it's you know, all the Mario games have, like, a charm to them. Mm -hmm. um, but, and Mario Galaxy had a good, you know, fun story, and there was, all, there was always the end goal and everything. Mm -hmm. But there's so many layers of complexity to Super Paper Mario. You like watching me play it more than actually playing it. Right. The <laughs> by the time you get to the end... I beat it twice, because somebody deleted no, the profile. Okay? Right, but, but <laughs> like, <laughs> by the time you get to the end, you feel bad for Count Black, who's the main bad guy. Which is um, not something you should be able to say for a Mario game. No! Like, it's usually it's Bowser. It's like, oh, Bowser, you gotta, you know, grab his tail or jump on his head or <laughs> pull a lever and he falls out. Huh? You're on the same side as that one. 
Do they know which Right, Mario yeah, Bowser, you're on the same which, side as Bowser. Yeah. Do they know which Mario Party, or not Mario Party, Paper Mario you're talking about? Super Paper Mario, I said that. Oh. For the Wii. Okay, yeah. For the um, Wii. It's, it was on the Wii. The one after Thousand Year Door. Yeah. Right. Which neither of us have played. No, we haven't. No. So but but you so we're so that. you sixty dollars still yeah don't have that kind of money guys right honestly <laughs> yeah I mean if you want us to if you want us to play it then then send it to us and we'll play it <laughs> I mean we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna record it I'm just saying if you want us to play it right like we'll play it yeah no we can we we would if somebody gave us if somebody gave us thousand year door mm-hmm. we play it and record it yes if we if we were given it. What's it all in? The GameCube? Yes. You have one? I do. Okay. Well, then we don't have to buy one of those. There we go. Anyway, Super Paper Mario, you have a party of you. You get these other characters. It's you, Peach, Luigi. You get him later on, but you get to be Bowser. You fight Bowser, and then he's like, hey, I'm going to join you because I'm scared because there's this big black hole in the sky, and it's scaring me. So he joins your team, and you get to play as Bowser against Count Black, and it's so awesome. Anyway, it's and just play the game okay, all not, the way through. We're not going to address the fact that Luigi gets mind-controlled oh, yeah. and turns into Zoro. Yes! Yeah. And he, you fight him as a boss, and he's inside a giant mech suit. And it's the coolest. That's the second time. Well, I'm paraphrasing here. Well, no, he's, no, no, it happens happen both times. You're right. Right. It yeah. Like once yeah. in space. Cause, right. Yeah, because... Yeah. Right. I just ruined it. That's okay. Exactly. I, no one minds. No. Other memorable things that happen. There is an entire level where you fight a hundred warriors. Yeah. Yes. It's like it's like it's like you walk into the level mm-hmm. and you just go up on this platform. You fight this one little guy, mm-hmm. and then you do that a hundred times with different size and different speeds and different abilities that they have. You do that one hundred times. I've done it, and I died at the last level, it's, and I had to restart. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, it is so like they have they do that all the time. Yeah, it was Dang. bad. Yeah, it was like, bad. What was the That's other rough. thing? There's two of them because there's that one and then there's a different one. Whenever you were you saw me do it, Devin, one time. Yeah. And then uh, you went home, and then I text you and I'm like, I already did it and I forgot about it, so I did it twice, second time for no reason. Nice. Oh, yeah, you had already yeah, done I it. I it. And I was like, what that do I get? And I was like, the chest is open. Oh, wait a second. Nothing. We're talking about two different 100-year series. There's There's two of them. So I'm talking about the one in the main story. So so here's here's, Uh here's how this works. I want to explain this. So you have have like your home, like like your... your launching pad to the levels. Like, you know, a lot of games have that. Like, Star Wars does it, you know, like, uh, Super Mario Brothers for the Wii has it, all that kind of stuff. So, you can go through this city called Flipside. And you can go to Flopside, which is the exact, which is the opposite. And you know, it's kind of flipped. And it's amazing. I guess you could say it was and the, flip-flopped. Exactly. Uh, and, and also, throughout the entire game, you can press A. Yes. You can press A and flip, and everything turns into 3D. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's like this, there's like a, a you go down uh, the, the levels of the city and you can go to this pipe where if you go in it, you go through a hundred levels and you have to find, you have to keep jumping on enemies until it opens a key and you do that a hundred times. I'm talking about in the actual uh, game, there is yeah. like, you have to fight these like samurai warriors type thing a uh-huh. hundred times. But yeah. here's the thing. It's amazing. What's cool about that is that it, you don't, that's not mandatory for the storyline. You right. can continue uh-huh. and then eventually go back and do it. So it's like a hidden thing. So I completed yeah. the whole entire game, didn't even know about that, and then went back and did it. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's also uh, one of the villains, Mimi is her name. Yeah. Right. Yes. The, yeah. The girl. Yeah. And 
she <laughs> she snaps her neck. Oh yeah. yeah. Spider legs sprout from her snapped neck. And then she chases after you on her spider legs. And her dead body dangles underneath. Like, it looks like she's dead. Like, it's just kind of just dangling she there. She shoots yeah. these rubies. It's insane. At the top of her head. Or, like, at the bo- actually, the, at her neck. Which she, she flipped it. It shoots him out. Oh, my God. And then... Okay, and then... This might be a little bit afterwards. But don't you eventually defeat her in, like, a game show type thing? Yeah. Yeah. And in does the bathroom? It, yeah. They go to a bathroom. <laughs> no, because you fight her there first. And you have the boss fight in yeah. this bathroom. Yeah. Right. And then it descends into a game show. Mm-hmm. And that's the fight. Because she because she uh she disguises herself as one of your friends. Right. And you have yes. to decide which one's which. Mm-hmm. Um with like a game show type quiz. You should do a let's play of that. Like that would be like it would really be cool. epic. This game is insane. Yeah, it's it's really good. Anyway, I'm guessing it's both your answers. That's just like, is that, is no, it's uh, no. I okay. love Super Paper Mario with my entire being, but it is not. Um, part of me wants to say Galaxy. I'm not going to say Galaxy, even though it's phenomenal. I'm going to go it's with phenomenal. Odyssey. Oh. Okay, I haven't played that. Odyssey, you can possess a T Rex with your hat. Oh. Okay. Well, so it's like Meet the Robinsons. Uh, it is actually. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Fun fact, everyone watching. Uh, Miyamoto is a huge fan of Disney. In Mario Odyssey, you use your hat to possess things. You possess, in this order, frogs, T-Rexes, and people dressed in 1920-something suits. Go watch Meet the Robinsons. It's about a villain who uses a hat to possess, in this order, frogs, Frogs. a T-Rex, and humans in 1920-something suits. Coincidence? I think not. I mean, I'd argue Meet the Robinsons Robinsons is more of 1950s, but still, the point is made. It's the vibe. The point is made, yeah. Odyssey, really fun. Super great. I'm not going to talk about it too much. It's it's a great experience. Yeah, I need need to play that one. I've heard it's really good. It's more gameplay than plot, Mm -hmm. but Super Paper Mario makes up for that in memorability. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um... Okay, um, Marvel movie. Favorite Marvel movie. Uh, Can I take this first? Second? Sure. Um, Infinity War. Love Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Thanos is the main character. And never seen that before, ever. The only thing that's come close in my mind is the Dark Knight, but it's only to where the Joker yeah. comes to be equal as a main character. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like he's the protagonist. Thanos is the protagonist. If you think about it, if you just take morals out of it, if you watch that movie... It's like, yeah, the heroes kind of, you know, are trying to stop him, but it's about him. Yeah. The entire movie is about Thanos. And it's amazing. It, it's, you know, it, it's been, it was hyped for so long. And then he just wins and wins and wins. And then whenever you think he's going to lose, mm-hmm. whenever Thor, you know, hits him with the axe, he wins. Yeah. And it's amazing. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's my favorite. Ordinarily, I would say that Infinity War is my favorite as well. But for the sake of this one, I'm going to go with the underdog, I guess you could say. And I'm going to say Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's an unpopular opinion, but people say it's just more of the same of Guardians 1. I'd kind of disagree with that because it develops the Guardians, it grows their characters. But this time, they're paired against a villain who's a good villain. You know, Ronan from Guardians 1 was very one-dimensional. 
We don't get a lot of his backstory or his motivation. He's just kind of evil for the sake of being evil. But you got the Guardians who learn to become a family and have to work through their dysfunctional natures and their selfishness and their childishness with one another. And then they're paired against Ego, who's like the absolute antithesis of family. He makes a much better enemy than some random guy who is an issue with people based off of some old war agreement. It doesn't make much sense. But Ego, he's the opposite of what the Guardians are supposed to become. And in that sense, he's the perfect antagonist. And he works really well to sort of highlight the aspects of the Guardians and the heart that makes them so memorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, yeah the, it's a good choice. Good choice. Um, yeah, okay, next question is favorite DC movie. This is a given. This is kind of like a throwaway question. The Lego Batman movie. <laughs> Is that your legit answer? I don't know. I mean, I, I if, you, if you said that, I wouldn't be entirely mad at you. You like, know what? Like, honestly, I completely forgot about that. There's like Superman 2, and Superman 2 is really good, I admit. I really like Superman 2, but I think I might go with the Lego Batman movie. Because really? Batman Arkham City doesn't count as a Batman movie. The animated series also doesn't count as a Batman movie. Right. But, I don't know. With Batman movies, you either get overly comedic Batman, or you get Batman in an absence of... Human emotion? Yeah. Humanity? Like, as much as I like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, they are phenomenal movies. I'm not sure they're great Batman movies, if that makes sense. It's an interesting distinction, but I feel like they don't always highlight what makes Batman special. The Dark Knight does a phenomenal job. But I think I might have to say the Lego Batman. Lego movie. Batman. I know it's weird. I know that the Dark Knight is objectively a better movie, but the Lego Batman movie knows what it's good for. Mm-hmm. It perfectly highlights the character of Batman and his relationship to the Joker. And despite all the insane stuff that happens, you get a better vibe from that movie than any of the others. How alone Batman is, what motivates him, what he's afraid of, and you get a vibe that the joker is his other his alter ego so to speak two sides of the same coin which the dark knight does a phenomenal job of but i feel like the dark knight doesn't highlight his loneliness which i would argue is a key factor especially when you get into other batman stories and you see his relationships with people like robin or the oracle or whatever you see that he wants people in his life, and you don't always get that vibe with the Dark Knight. You get the vibe that he's content to be alone, which I'm not sure is an accurate portrayal of Batman. Mm-hmm. I like the Dark Knight. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's fair. I get that. I understand that view. That makes oh, sense. Oh, I love, I love the Dark Knight. And I love Lego Batman. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can still, whenever I watch the Dark Knight, I'm still just in awe. I'm just like... Oh, this is so good. Oh, yeah. The Joker is just as much as main character in this as Batman is. I will say he that. He takes control of the of the entire film. He's Ledger. Yeah. Man, what a what a artist, honestly. I will agree with that. The movie does the Joker basically perfect. Mhm. Honestly. Okay. Heath Ledger, you know, did some things that I'm like didn't want to get ready for the role that I kind of weird. Yes. And kind of, you know, 
you know, he did he did kind of go off the deep end, obviously. Which uh, was not entirely necessary. Right. Right. Other he, actors have done a phenomenal job hmm? with the Joker. Robert Downey. Well, well, I'm talking about just in just uh, good actors. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, like whenever he does Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes, yeah, like he can put like and he can put the given over. He was completely different, mm-hmm. um, and he completely just pour him, poured himself to the character, um, mm-hmm. and so. But Heath Ledger just took it, you know, uh, you know, a step too far right. with that. Um, but which but makes again, an interesting discussion around the movie, right? Which for better which, or worse, well, well, we'll probably talk about that. If we, we will, we, yeah. Whenever we, we talk, we about can't that. do it justice. No, not now. Not in a way that satisfies anyone. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, Dark Knight's my favorite. I do like the Lego Batman, though. It was yeah. hilarious and still is to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite fictional character? Ooh. Favorite fictional character? Do you have one? If not, I have mine. Uh, go ahead with yours. Okay. Uh, my favorite is Obi-Wan Kenobi. He always has been. Always. Um... Just even if like I like it, it's always been either Obi Wan Kenobi or Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Um, it's always been kind of like, you know, Obi Wan's always been my favorite, but Aragorn is objectively like this guy who has this massive arc, and he's just a really good character. Um, but I just think Obi Wan is just more of like a character that whenever I watch, I'm just kind of like, I want to I want to know this guy. Yeah. Like it's he's somebody who. Is a mentor. He is smart. He um, is involved throughout the entire story. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just an overall great character. He's the perfect foil for Anakin whenever they're, uh, whenever he's uh, his Padawan, whenever Anakin is Obi Wan's Padawan. Um, and the way that he is in the Clone Wars, the way that he is um, in the prequels and the sequel and, and the original trilogy, not the sequels, um, and. It makes it so tragic whenever in episode three, whenever they fight, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's due in large part to um, his the way that they set up his character, and it's it's really good. I think I really didn't really I don't think I started thinking that he was my favorite character until the Clone Wars came out, mm-hmm. only because okay. he's just so he's just such a good character. If you haven't seen the Clone Wars, please watch it. It is such is such a good show. Yeah, um, it helps it helps bring uh, the entire Star Wars saga full circle. Especially with the prequels, so it's really good. Yeah. I do have mine. I am going to go with Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist. I considered for a long time uh, Aang from Avatar The Last Airbender, but what I realized quickly was that Aang works best because of the people he's around. He's a character who is highlighted best with the other cast of characters. But Edward Elric works best in a vacuum he doesn't work i guess you could say he doesn't work best in a vacuum but he works a lot better than ang in a vacuum the vibe that you get with him is you get to see him basically his entire life you get to see him from when he was as young as he can possibly remember to when he is an adult and you get the vibe of what he did with his entire life you get to see aspects of him that you don't get to see of more characters you get to see his darker side and his comical side, you get to see his anger and also the way that he treats his family. You get to see his determination and also his resolve. You get to see his point of view when it comes to everything from religion to science. And he handles it all in a very interesting way. The show 
and the manga is not afraid to pull him out of the spotlight. I'm pretty sure in the anime, he's gone for something like five episodes. And he's the main character. It's an interesting choice. They just drop him out of the story for a while. But it can get away with it. He's super interesting. He's the ideal protagonist who conveys everything the story wants to say in a really subtle way of saying it. He is there just as often as he needs to, and the story never fo forces you to do stay with him just because he's the main character. You only stay with him when there's something interesting going on with him. But he's there for basically the whole story. Not because you have to, but because he's simply more interesting than everyone else, and he's the ideal point of view to witness the story from. Mm -hmm. I think that makes for a great character. Yeah. That's a good parallel to the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Where it's like they remove the main characters for five yeah. episodes, six episodes in a row. Uh -huh. And then it's just like, oh, they're gone. I mean, and then you have yeah. these other characters that come into play. Mm -hmm. um, and they just carry the story because of the way that they set it up. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Like you're saying, you, your character got removed, but he can they can get away with it because one, the story that in the world they've created, Definitely. but also um, the characters that they created. Yeah. And they can get away with it. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. Favorite underrated thing? Um, this was your idea. You're going to go first. Okay. I have one ready. Favorite underrated thing is the Wingfeather Saga series by Andrew Peterson. Four books. Very, very good. And no one knows about them. It's weird. I know like a handful of people that know about these books. And they're people that I've introduced to the books. So I feel like that doesn't really count. They're a phenomenal story. The four books of the Wingfeather Saga are just really well done. They build up an entire world, an entire series of cultures. It has one of the greatest villains that I've ever seen in anything, honestly. A close second to the Darkling, I would go so far as to say. The main characters are all phenomenal. It goes with what I was saying with Edward Elric about how it doesn't force you to spend time with the main character. It's just whoever is most interesting at the time, and they have a character who's that interesting. It's a criminally underrated series about three kids who are trying to escape from this mysterious king, villain, who wants them alive. Doesn't tell you why at first, but the story slowly unfurls and it's just a really special book series that does not get the credit that it deserves. So, if you take anything away from this podcast, just read The Wingfeather Saga because it's underrated. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go minuscule. Um, as much as we hate Rebels. Okay. Oh. What, this is one of my this is one of my favorite things only because I wasn't expecting it whenever I was watching through Rebels. Mm -hmm. The Last Battle. That's true. In Rebels, that's in Rebels, there comes a point to where, so there's Kanan uh, and Ezra, that's like the main Jedi Knight kind of character, and then like his apprentice. They're unofficial because there's no Jedi Order. Anyway, they meet up with Captain Rex, who was in the Clone Wars, and they go to this planet. Um, and in the Clone Wars, there was a droid army that was uh, in use by the Separatists who was against the, against the Republic, which Kanan and Rex fought for. Um... But, and it's, they should have all been shut down, but this one, that there was a garrison that was stationed there with a intelligence droid who, like, was in charge of strategy. Mm -hmm. 
So the droid still thinks that the bat, the war is going on because he's a robot. He's programmed. Mm-hmm. And whenever they land on the planet, Rex goes into his programming, quote unquote, where he's like, I have to finish this battle. Mm-hmm. I have to finish the war. The Clone Wars hasn't ended. And it's such an interesting way of watching um, them, like they, because they approach the intelligence droid, the, the uh, strat- strategy droid, and they agree to have one last battle. Mm-hmm. For for the fate of the Clone Wars, even though and it's weird because it's largely symbolic, mm-hmm. but after seeing the Clone Wars, man, it was such a good conclusion. It felt like the conclusion of the Clone Wars right there, yeah, in the middle of Rebels, so it showed that it's not great, mm-hmm. but that moment was really really cool, um, and I think that was mm-hmm. something that's really underrated um, by people who even like it. Some people don't even understand the significance of it, but it really is like a really cool way to cap it all off. Can I yeah. mention something? Yes. yes. Okay, so it's, it's a whole entire movie, and it's not really about the storyline. It's more of like the cinematography of it, and even like the like music and all the sound effects and everything. Hugo. Yes. That movie yes. is yes fantastic. It really is. I read the book, and mainly I read the book when I, like, I was like in fifth grade, just because half of it was pay, uh, pictures. Yeah. So you're like flipping through and you're like, ooh, 10 picture pages. And you're just like, dang. It's like, wow, that was really fast to read. But it's so fantastic. Like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't really know how to explain it. Like, if you haven't seen it, then that's on you. Oh, it's so beautiful. But I'm not saying the storyline is one of the best storylines or that it has the best possible actors in it. But it's really, Which it did. It's really amazing. What? Debate for another time. Oh, really? Christopher Lee was like, come on. Okay, that's fair. Come on. That's anyway, anyway. What is the disagreement upon? Oh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. We can't, we can't. We should do an episode on Hugo we, sometime. We, sh- we should. We should do that now. Okay. I feel like no. what he's saying is that not all the actors were the best, and you're saying yeah. one specific actor was the best? <laughs> I, was, I was just, I mean, I was just I throwing out a name the out there who was the in main it. main kid. I'm not saying he was bad. It was just, I was also right. mainly meaning like the, the cinematography. The cinematography, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a amazing. beautiful movie. The score is amazing. The storyline, in my opinion, is it's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just It's a, really interesting because yeah. it just takes place in one one place. Yeah, you're right. Through the whole film. Huh. It's. Yeah? I don't know a movie that's like that besides Toy Story. But, and they still kind of move to locations, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that—that's a movie you kind of forget about sometimes. That it, it's like, oh, that happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Um, second to last question: favorite creator. You got one. I think I have one. Okay, go ahead. It's an unusual one, but I have an explanation behind it. So with creators, a lot of us like creators, but a lot of us likes a couple things that they've made. A lot of us don't really like creators as much as we like the thing that they made. So, for instance, are you a fan of J.K. Rowling or are you a fan of Harry Potter? Mm. If you say you're a fan of J.K. Rowling, have you read the books she published under a pseudonym? Probably not. Mm. Did you know that she did that? If not, you're probably a fan of Harry Potter. Are you a fan of Dave Filoni or are you a fan of The Clone Wars? Right. But see, that point it's different because the clone wars was his creation and 
all of his work was influenced by it, honestly. Yeah. But you can delve more into that at which point a creator is different from their work. But for me, I'm going to say... Um, I cannot pronounce his first name, so I'm just going to do the last one, his main. The one that people call him all the time. Uh, Numora from Square Enix. He is my favorite single creator because unlike most creators like Dave Filoni or J.K. Rowling or even Leigh Bardugo, where they produce one thing that I like, Nomura is able to produce a wide range of things that I like. He creates so many different franchises and worlds and stories that all have nothing to do with each other, but they're all good. Most storytellers, I enjoy one or two things that they create, and I don't care about the rest of them. But with Nomura, it's consistently he puts out high-quality things that impact me, that I enjoy. <laughs> He's not the perfect creator. Some of his work is confusing, and his tropes can get a bit old. If I have to see one more mysterious figure in a hooded black cloak in anything that he produces, I will pass out. But And what are some of the things he's made? Uh, he's made everything from Final Fantasy to Kingdom Hearts. He is right. head of story, design. For so many Square Enix projects, he directed a movie, uh, Final Fantasy movie, admittedly. But unlike most creators, he's able to jump between franchises. Hmm. Most creators have one franchise that they're stuck with. And even if they are a phenomenal creator and create multiple things within that franchise... Nomura is able to jump between franchises. He's kind of... He runs the show of so many different franchises from behind the scenes. And there are other great video game icons, such as Miyamoto, who do the same. Who can create multiple franchises. But Nomura stands out the best in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not played any of his stuff... I know you really like him. Yes. Um, well, I'll get around to it eventually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it sounds like... Yeah, whenever people say um, they like a creator. Like, I I was going to go with, uh, whenever I was thinking about this, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> because yeah. even though Last Jedi wasn't my favorite, for one, I, liked, I loved Knives Out. Loved it. Mm -hmm. um, but also, whenever he makes something, he stands by it. And he's like, he had, there were seven movies before episode eight of Last Jedi and Star Wars. And he, even though there is a, there's clear themes throughout them and clear ways of things that should be done in the universe that can and can't be in, you know, this is how it works. He was kind of like, no, checking out the window for, for some of it. And I was like, even though I may disagree with some of it, it's like, he stood by it and he did it. And then he makes knives out. One of, like the best, in my opinion, one of the best original screenplays ever, <laughs> and yeah. you know, and he just and he just keeps making content no matter what people say, and he's just like, this is what I'm doing. You can like it or not like it. I don't care. Watch my next thing and see what you think about that. Yeah. Um. But my, <laughs> as far as my favorite creator, that is Olin Rogers. He's a mm. he was a he's a he he's still a YouTuber. Um. That's where he got to start. Uh. He's he was on there for like. 10 years he had something called bloom shop with uh some of his other friends he so made good. he got to the point to where he would create he created a whole bunch of stories and he had a mass following and then he came out with a show on tbs called final space um and in addition to that he started a sh solar power 
um, which is called the Soda Parlor uh, <laughs> in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and then he had he started a clothing line called uh, Star Cadet. Uh, it's like it's like it's like his uh, merch place. Okay. Um, and so it's just I've because I've I've been watching him for so long that this was it was before any of that happened. And just to see him be a self-made kind of person to kind of break out into a new medium yeah. with uh, television and everything like that um, was really, really cool to watch. And he just never gives up. Like, there was a period of time where um, he had so many things going wrong, like, you know, buildings being flattened, all this kind of, like, just horrible stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just kept going constantly. Um, and he never gave up. And that was something that I found really, really inspiring. Yeah. So that's... Um, my favorite. Um, besides Don Cheetah. Which actually, right. that's how we're going to close this out. The last question. Which Don Cheadle movie is your favorite and why? I should have put Don Cheadle as my favorite child star. Because he was in Ocean's Eleven. He wasn't a child. I'm going to say that my favorite Don yeah. Cheadle movie was... Avengers Infinity War because there were so many other people in that movie that I forgot Don Judah was in. If <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm being legitimately serious, okay, if I'm being completely serious, Civil War because that's the one he plays the most role in. <laughs> <laughs> Like because because, because not he gets so paralyzed much for because like 10 he gets minutes. paralyzed. I see no problem with that. And then and then it drives Tony. Even though you know it's like no matter what side. I don't even know if this is a hotly contested issue anymore. But it used to be really hot contested. Team Cap or Team Iron Man. No matter which side you go, it's like. Um, Rhodey was the guy who drove Iron Man, and that's where he became a catalyst. And he was used. For, he was in there for a reason, and that was really good. And Dunn did really good, only because you know I mean. Don't you? What's that one movie that he's in? Whenever, Ocean's Twelve. He's in charge of like Ocean's Thirteen. No, he adopts those kids. What movie? You know that one? Oh gosh, what is it? Despicable Me. No. What? (laughs) No, isn't it hooked up with dogs? Oh, you're right. He's in that movie. I've never seen that. Screw that. Hotel for Dogs is my favorite. Hmm. I forgot about Hotel for Dogs. Yeah, Hotel for Dogs. That's we have to do a podcast okay. on that. That's also. A I guess movie. we should. It's really, really good. I'd Dang. like to revise my favorite Don Cheadle movie to Iron Man One. I think Don <laughs> Cheadle did a great job as War Machine, and specifically Iron, Iron Man, Man One. one. <laughs> uh, that's ob- job, objectively. Man. Best on Cheetah we have. Other Marvel movies, whenever they have like a sequel, they're like titled something else. It's never like two or yeah. three. It's Captain America, well, Winter Guardians. Soldier, Thor, The Dark World. No, that's volume Iron two. Man two. <laughs> that's true. It's on the line. Yeah, yeah. It's on the line yeah. between That's the, the closest two thing, and it's not even. So. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why Iron Man's the only one that did well, that. What else would they call it? Iron Man. Iron Man 2 with Don Cheadle. Like, what, what, what would they do? Like, what? <laughs> with Don Cheadle. That's true. Iron Man 3 with more Don Like, what? All right. But Iron Man 2 wasn't really about anything specific. Exactly. Like, Iron Man 2 was kind of unfocused. Yeah. 
I'm Iron sorry, Man 3 had such a plot twist. Like, Iron Man 3, what are you going to name it that doesn't either give away the plot twist or doesn't make sense after the plot twist? Like, like whenever Pepper has powers yeah, for two seconds. Pepper powers. And then she doesn't. Kind of like when Rhodey is paralyzed for two minutes. Right, but, there, but, but there's but there's but there's physical therapy for para- paralysis, yes. not yes. for yes. not for stay, sun stay, powers. Stay, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Stay. It's not ideal. Right. Yeah, that was great. The Stanley cameo in Civil War oh. made the best use of Don Cheadle across Man. the entire MCU. Did Stanley Riskinson. What was that face? I can't remember what his cameo was. When he when he was the FedEx guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Don yeah. Cheadle says, yes, yeah, yes, this is Mr. Tony Stank. Yeah. Table for one? That was, Tony that was Don Cheadle. <laughs> that, was the, that was probably the single biggest thing that he did yeah. in the entire MCU. So, good job. Back off. Don Cheadle. need you to back off. Don okay. freaking Cheadle. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. Fine. That's our favorite stuff. That's it. Yeah. That's like that. That's like, the end I, of our questions. I we have nothing else to say about our personality. This guy's engaged. We don't so have anything. We don't have time to talk more. Uh, exactly. A, I feel like that's a more accurate way. Probably, probably. But yeah, this is a. That's it, and this is where we again part ways. Yeah. Um. It's just kind of sad, but at the same time, it has to happen. <laughs> Because I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I mocked Don Cheadle too no. much. Is that Go to yeah, seriously. <laughs> Go to thecreativedominion.com. Uh, read up on our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, keep listening to Dominion Cast on uh, on Spotify or come to our YouTube channel and watch us there. Um, we're doing everything. We're doing we're doing everything. We're trying. We're gonna try out stuff. Yeah, let me just address this. We're gonna try out stuff. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But we're going to try it out. Yeah. And it's going to be fine. See what sticks. Uh, yeah. And so I don't, uh, that's kind of half of creativity. It's just, you have to have the will to try something. Or else you're never going to get anything off the ground. So, um, if you don't like some of our stuff that we come out with, sorry. Be patient with us, I guess. Um, because we're just going to see, and we're not going to apologize for it. Um... But I mean, like, not sincerely apologize <laughs> at any rate. Right. But just, but just, uh-huh. you know, th- there'll be something that we come out with because we're gonna try to yeah. go to a whole. Bu- we're gonna try to, you know, reach out to a whole bunch of different uh, categories that people are interested in. Yeah. So let us know what you think, so we can improve our content. Exactly. So yeah, thank you for listening and keep sharing this, and we'll see you later, or talk to you later. Farewell. Farewell. Farewell.